Hello, album enjoyers. Thank you for downloading or streaming or whatever it is you do. Just a quick note at the start of the show to remind you to sign up to the Enjoy an Album Patreon. Become an ultra. For a mere £5 a month, you get an ad-free experience. You get pre-show sales. You get extra episodes. Some of the episodes we've done so far include Hamilton, Mogwai, The Darkness, The Flaming Lips, The Raytons, and coming up, or we've just released, maybe it's just out. The Robbie it, Williams. Uh, <laughs> is My Chemical Romance. I yeah. want eyeliner for that episode, so if you want to see that sign up to the patreon now if you want an ad free experience if you don't want to hear this ad or the manscaped ad then sign up to the patreon and it's just kind of about an acculturist soundness so if you listen every week and you dig it and you want it to keep happening support the podcast and then um we really appreciate it we have a lovely community on patreon all the ultras there and we can uh, people chip in ideas for uh albums to listen to and people send in questions and it's just yeah it's just if you wanted to keep happening then uh join the ultra yes, army absolutely thank you so much for all the ultras who are out there so far who can't hear this because they're on the patrons they don't get this ad and thank you to the future uh patrons who are signing up because of this and yeah. enjoy the bloody episode if you think oh if i bumped into them at a black country new road concert would i buy them a pint you don't need to buy us a pint yeah you just give us a pint every month yeah that is in the form of money Please. Don't say please. It's pathetic. But <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> Enjoy the app. Enjoy the app. Please. Bye. Hello and welcome to the Enjoy Now podcast with Lynn Widnell and not Christopher MacArthur Boyd, Stuart McPherson. Hong Kong Conkey's in the house. Hello. Hello. Uh, Chris away this week. He's opening for Bernard Manning on tour. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, he's away doing actual serious work And uh, so we've got a special guest host in I think I introduced him in the main body of the episode So we're not going to introduce you again right now People know Well we do an outro, it'd be nice to be introduced a third time uh, yeah, yeah, well we can actually if you, We could record a Manscaped ad with you in Inexplicably, <laughs> yeah. keep you on then forever Just advertise a Manscaped, I'm not going to pay you That's alright, I'd <laughs> like some freebies Have they got anything that could shave your back? I'm always My back here is a huge problem for me in my life um, maybe I can talk to the guys. Talk that, to the guys I'll, at Manscaped. I'll talk to my dude and see if he can uh, get you on anything. But yeah, I wonder if there is a sort of extent. How do you do it at the moment? Well, exactly. I've got a beard trimmer. Yeah. And I take the guard off. Okay. And then just go. Like that. And then I need to keep checking in the mirror. So I'll go in the shower. It's an undignified Can one of your flatmates scene. not help you? I've considered asking only a few times. And I yeah. think I'm just going to get into that. My older brother had such a, has such a hairy back. That in university once, uh, for a for a cool fun thing to do, him and his flatmate shaved his name into his back, and you could see it visibly. Right. Are you that hairy in your back? Could you? Could I've I get had an ex shave the first initial of her name into my back. Yeah, what? what was, Not the full name. What was was her name? Like, did it begin with I? That'd be quite easy. Oh uh, no. It, what would be no. the hardest letter to shave? Do you think? Probably some Chinese symbol that I'm not familiar <laughs> with. But. Well, yes, you do have a, a, a series of uh, Chinese ex-girlfriends, so I imagine that was quite difficult. Uh, this is some of the electric banter that you can expect from this episode of Enjoy an Album. It's uh, it's me and Stuart McPherson covering the Nationals' first two pages of Frankenstein. I didn't ask you an episode. Have you read Frankenstein? You know what? I'm not sure. I, I've definitely <laughs> I've definitely written essays about Frankenstein. Yeah, okay. at uni. I've probably read... No pun intended, the first two pages. Yeah. Probably the last two pages. The, 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 the spark, spark notes. notes. There yeah. we go. We're on the same page. The first page. Uh, so I, need, I, I read the They introduce the themes. Any good book, they introduce the themes. Page one, they pay them off at the end. Yeah, any good book. Middle uh, two or three hundreds. I read the first two pages of Frankenstein in in research for this. Uh, yeah, and... Uh, we never spoke about this on the podcast. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. It's quite interesting, really. It, uh, it's what defeated his writer, writer's <laughs> book. Yeah. 
yeah, it's really important uh, element of the album. But hey, this wouldn't be an enjoying album podcast if we didn't fucking talk about a bunch of stupid shit instead of the actual important stuff. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, it, it, it's a series of letters, Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. So it's a uh, you know a letter to the I don't know. Do you know, not a lot of people know this, um, but Frankenstein's not actually the name of the uh, the monster. The two letters, uh, the first two pages of Frankenstein, it's not actually the name of the, of the national, national album. album. Uh, so yeah, the idea of this Frankenstein character is, I guess, this. I mean, it's a monster, and I <laughs> to wonder say if, the least. I wonder if that's uh, uh, if Matt is calling himself a monster in that sense. He's Depression, a fucking monster. Depression is the monster. That you you can't control. Writer's block is a monster. Yeah, yeah, hard to all, know. All that and more and less. Um. So anyway, it's a really great episode. Really glad to have Stuart in. It's a lot of fun. If you uh, are a Patreon, you're gonna get the episode right now. If you're not, you're gonna get a stupid advert, and it's your own fault for not being a patron. Uh, enjoy the episode, and we'll chat to you next time. Love you, bye. Enjoy. Thanks for having me. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Manscaped. Manscaped. You know the deal by now. You've been listening to this podcast for a while. This is a product that you buy to shave your balls to keep them nice and clean for your lady or male friends. I used the product. Yes. My genitals have never looked better. They look fantastic. (laughs) He's sending me pictures every day uh, with different poses and different uh, outfits. Yep. Oh, but always balls on show. Yeah. And so it's they, usually a three-piece suit. Yeah. With my bowels hanging out. <laughs> uh, they look great. You, we highly recommend that you use it. Use the code ALBUM20 to get 20% off uh, your orders. Uh, it's a good gift. It's got anti-cut technology. It actually does. Yeah. So that you don't hurt yourself when you're doing the stuff. It also has a little light. You can genuinely sit with your eyes closed in the shower because it's waterproof as well, and you can just fucking go at it. I've done that. Yeah. I genuinely have. I, be- I believe you. I've and seen the evidence. You don't the pictures you sent me. Because I've tried, like, doing it with, like, just scissors or, like, grooming products that don't have anti-cut technology. And yep. Jesus Christ. It's, it, it looked like a metallic album cover. <laughs> it looked like a Slayer album cover. It's not Rain ju- and blood. Not with this. It's not just a lawnmower. You also have the weed whacker for nose hair trimming. Yeah. Both I actually both. used... I had that... I thought, I was in a hotel recently and I thought I heard someone using a vibrator in the mm-hmm. next room and I was like, wow, they've been jacking off for ages, that sexual woman. Yep. Uh, and then it turned out it was just my weed whacker was turned on in my <laughs> travel bag. <laughs> and I was getting turned on by nothing. <laughs> Again. <laughs> anyway, I, I mean, if you want to have that experience, uh, album 20 is the code. <laughs> Also, the most comfortable boxes that I've ever worn. I'm wearing them again right now. The Manscaped boxes is Christopher. Yes, he is. Uh, Manscaped, uh, album 20. Thanks very much, Manscaped, for continuing to sponsor the podcast. Thank you guys for continuing to use the code to support our uh, alignment with Manscaped. And we hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. Manscaped. You're listening to Enjoy an Album. The podcast where two comedians listen to some of the greatest albums of all time. A year or so into the pandemic and two decades into a career spent fronting the national, Matt Berninger, Bern, Berninger could, couldn't bear to write another song. I don't want to unpack myself, he tells Apple Music. I was burned out on introspection and self-analysis and making all these songs about complicated personal things. It was a mess. I didn't want to clean up in my mind, so I just avoided it. This is like an article instead of a uh, blurb. Yeah, was he speaking to Zane Lund at the time? Oh, yeah, when I first heard your writer's block. Yes, here we go. (laughs) 
<laughs> I, I mean, if you're listening, you may be confused. Hey, Chris sounds different, but he's got the same uh, Zane Lowe witty banter. Uh, we are joined by special guest host, Stuart McPherson, the Hong Kong Honk. Hello. Hong Kong. How are you doing, Stu? Very well, Liam. How are you? Thank you so much for coming in. I'm really Thanks excited that you're me. here. Uh, Stu is a fantastic comedian and a co-host of the Some Laugh podcast um, and sometimes model. Sometimes model. <laughs> Let's not lose sight of that. Did you know that, uh, so you've signed the wall of the Glasgow stand. There's like a background well, bit. Well, I haven't. <coughs> I, I signed it. Right. And, but I signed it in a shit location where people's arses kept rubbing it off. Oh, okay. And Marilyn mentioned it and I said, you just sign it for me, which was obviously a horrendous mistake. Right. So I don't actually know what's written about me now in the stand. So that's interesting because I, I saw that it, it was the day that your modeling pictures had been uh, published <laughs> So that, uh, where you had signed it, was brushing against people's asses. Yeah. It said Stuart McPherson. And I wrote in chalk under it, the model, question mark. <laughs> but uh, but you've never seen it. I was hoping you would see oh. that and think that people were slagging you, but it was just me doing oh. a fun... You know, it's just nice to have people talking about me one, <laughs> one way or the other. So Stuart's here. Christopher MacArthur Boyd is away. Um, I think we probably would have established this in the intro. So no point repeating ourselves. Modeling? My, yes, he's modeling. Modeling uh, for the new Funko Pop range. <laughs> Yes, the new uh, the new uh, Los Campesinos Funko Pops. <laughs> uh, he's he's on top of that. So we've got we've got our good friend Stewie McPherson in. Um, you've co-hosted before mm-hmm. on the Arctic Monkeys episode. Just on that blurb, are we? That was a non-blurb. Was there no blurb on that? that? No, no, we're halfway through the blurb right now. Oh we? no, we're not going to talk about this blurb anymore. It was it's a new album. Yeah, there's. I mean, you can't expect. I mean, it, it was that was an introductory paragraph to a article about the album but it didn't start with uh, uh, details about the album anyway when you came on before you spoke about the arctic monkeys yes and that episode remains the most listened to audio only episode uh, and that was pre-pivot to video and uh, i have to say it's quite upsetting <laughs> you weren't on that one well yeah. yes the one episode i'm not on is the one yeah. people love the most well i think what we'll maybe learn today is that there's less people tuning in for me and more people tuning in for the arctic monkeys they're well, very popular. Well, well, so are the national they in are. a different way. Uh, so yes, that non-blurb was shite. So we'll do our own blurb. The national have been a uh, sad dad rock band for 20 plus years. The new album, the first two pages of Frankenstein were written in a haze of depression and writer's block uh, and um, potential sobriety, although unclear. I think uh, he was sober for a bit and then... He's not sober now. That's what I picked up on yeah. from from what I've I've researched. I couldn't get a uh, confirmation. Like he was just it. trying loads of things to get out of this depression, and nothing was working. Yes, uh, uh, which is you know um, I, I can identify with that. We all can. <laughs> so uh, we always start with uh, what what did you what did you know about the national? You're a big you're a big. I mean, you've got your national T-shirt on. Gone full kit wanker. Yeah. <laughs> you see, this is a very old T-shirt. It's all ripped. And is it the cool. High Violet tour? Um. No, I reckon this was more trouble will find me. Right, okay. Um, but I've had it for over 10 years. So you've been a, at least a fan of National for over 10 years, probably longer. Yeah, I was actually quite late to the party though. Mm-hmm. I would say I got into them between High Violet and then Trouble Will Find Me, which is kind of late on because they'd already had, you know, yep. Alligator Boxer at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I remember the first time I heard them was my dad's pal Bunter gave me a hard drive with... Loads of music. Bunter. Bunter. Billy, Billy Bunter. Friend of the show. Good guy. Muso. <laughs> Bunter's big bass. 
But uh, it was too sophisticated for me at the time, this music. I mm. was like, you know, 17. You know, you're listening to Oasis. This is Arctic Monkeys. Listen to Arctic Monkeys. I'm going out on a Tuesday. Exactly. And I'm fucking all the birds and having a nice time. <laughs> Stuff you're, like that. You're drinking Blue Wickets. You're singing Live Forever. Because you want to live forever. saying that, you know, having a shower is one of the most depressing things yeah, you can do. Suddenly yeah. you're like, well, huh? I'm not saying I want to die, but it would solve a lot of problems. <laughs> and that's what this music <laughs> is about, isn't it? So I sort of didn't get into them then, but then my best pal Ben, who like, he's a big muso, and he put on a song called Driver Surprise Me, which is a sort of B-side off of um, Alligator, which is a very Ben move to throw on at a party, a B-side. It was a party as well. Well. You can't be putting the well, national one at a party. Yeah, I know. Especially the fucking B-side. Yeah. Christ. But I really liked that song, and then I just really got into them off of that, and then I've sort of loved them ever since. You've seen them a few times as well, live? Yes, I've seen them three times, I think. You said to me just before the pod that um, this shirt you would not wear to a national gig. I don't like wearing the band's merch at their gigs. It feels a bit, I don't know, lame. A bit desperate. Yeah. You kind of like your... Your. Where do you stand on that? I, I would wear a different band's t-shirt yeah. to the gig. I love seeing that when you'll be at like, you know, you'll be at a Phoebe Bridges gig, where mm. you'll be like an old guy in a Green Day shirt, and you're like, what's your agenda, old man? <laughs> well, you're kind of trying to show off to the other concert goers. Yeah, I like Phoebe Bridges, but also like these other cool bands. I contain multitudes. I like Green Day and Punisher. Yeah, that's uh, that doesn't really work. But, in, you know, <laughs> I, I get the intention. Um, so I'll tell you when I first heard, got into, no, discovered the National, was I was in, um, I don't want to say like a special class at school. <laughs> but it wasn't a normal class. <laughs> I was taking out of the normal class uh, when I was like 14 and I was put in a place, was it, it's called the, the LEC. So it was like the learning. Oh, wait to hear her, the national feature in this story. <laughs> <laughs> the learning education center I, I had to go to. And that was, I mean, you would make fun of kids who went to the LEC. Yeah, I'm about to. <laughs> and then one day that I got pulled out of registration and said, Liam, you have to go to the LEC. And I'm like, what? What? And I'm sat down with, you know, no offense, some dum dums. <laughs> At this point in your academic career, how are you getting on in other classes? Are you struggling? Well, well here's the or? issue. I got sat down with my new LEC mentor, Mr. Evans. Shout out to a true king. And he explains to me that look, you're you're in the dum dum class now. But you're not a dum dum. The reason you're in the dum dum class is because you're acting like a dum dum. Right. But see the see the lessons that you like, your English, your drama, you excel, you can write, you can read, you can do the homework, but everywhere else you're getting these grades that a dum-dum would get. So mm. now you have to be in the dum-dum class and learn how to learn. So this hour I met Mr. Evans, true king, okay. and he taught me how to learn, taught me how to love. And no, he didn't. He uh, <laughs> And we would chat about music. Okay. He was in a band. He, was a, he played guitar in a band. He had a big beard. Cool. I, th I thought he was cool as fuck. Yep. And this is just when he's I He's a sex music dad. Hundo, Hundo P is a sex music dad. He's probably got this hat. Who's that? Is it? Um, this is self-esteem. Self-esteem. Yeah. yeah. So uh, for audio listeners, I'm wearing my sex music dad I was going to call it self-pleasure though. That's a real boomer thing. <laughs> God. Uh, and uh, I was getting into indie music at the time. Your block parties, et cetera, et cetera. And he went, oh, I'll tell you, a good band. And they just probably dropped their first. Maybe this, maybe it's the, what's the sad? Um, Boxer. No, no, no. Prior pr pr prior to Boxer. Sad Songs for Dirty Lovers. Sad Songs for Dirty Lovers. I think they just dropped that. And I, I mean, I thought he was fucking cool, this guy. So I went home and I listened to it. 
and it's you put it perfectly it was way too sophisticated mm. for me even then um as in it was they've and got, you were in they've the dum dum class so well absolutely i mean just two separate notes in a song would have been too sophisticated <laughs> for me i was still on twinkle twinkle little star <laughs> uh and so i listened to it once or twice on their myspace page so I get a little bit of kudos, I think, for listening to the National on their MySpace page. I mean, mm -hmm. that's fucking early, early doors. They're not playing the Hydra then. <laughs> and uh, but then I was like, listen, this shit's a bit too adult for me. It's I don't know much. what I don't know what the fuck this is. So I never really got back into them until later than you're saying now. Uh, it would be uh, Sleep Well Beast, really? probably. That where, surprises me that you might not have been on the train before then. It was, they were around, you know, I'd heard songs. I always liked what I'd heard, but I just never heard enough to take that leap into listening to their yeah. albums. I'm like that with a lot of bands where I'm quite set in my ways as well. Yeah. Like you'll hear that and you like it and then you'll get into them 10 years too late and you'll be like, fucking hell, I could have been enjoying this the whole time. Yeah. I, I also, it. I really have to be convinced. I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm sure if, if it was that good, I'd have listened to it already. The arrogance, yeah. and then I listen to it, and I'm like, oh, fucking idiot. So much good stuff I'm missing out on. Um, you named your friend show Mr. November. I did, 2019. So that's how big a national head you are. Mm -hmm. You're Hundo, Hundo P. Nashed. I'm Hundo Nashpilled. <laughs> I nearly called this new show after a national lyric as well. It was going to be called Hollywood Summer, which is from Conversation 16. Well, it'd be a good motif. Who's the it? Hollywood um, Summer. You'd never believe the shitty thoughts, I think. Yeah, that's such a good... I've written that lyric down somewhere. Brilliant. You'd never you wouldn't believe the shitty thoughts, I think, which is like, yeah, but you would believe it. That's the whole point yeah. of the band, I guess. Um, that would have been a good motif to always name your band, your... Um, your your fringe shows kind of after that, after national songs um but you are sort of tying yourself to a store bit there and uh you know who knows where they're gonna go i somewhat regret my radiohead tattoo for example mm. why they're not problematic no but they're just i just the more i learn about them the more lame i think they are <laughs> and that has happened a little bit this week with the national well, the national are quite lame as well yeah in a way that is quite annoying we'll get into that <laughs> uh <laughs> So um, so every week we do a little bit of delving into the backgrounds of that week's artiste. Yeah, muckraking. With a little bit of feature called Secret Posho. Uh, no Chris this week, so I'll be doing my best to do the jingle. In I'll do place. the Phoebe Bridges backing vocals. Okay. Secret, oh, should I do it as Matt, Matt Burning? Matt, what's, how do you say his I would setting? say Burninger. Burninger. Secret partial, secret, secret partial. You do it fast and you do it like a nausea. You got money, you got dash, bro. Secret partial. It's beautiful. You just need a little piano line over that. Did you feel that was close enough to Matt Burninger? It's in the ballpark, yeah. It sounded a it bit... It actually was too upbeat for this album, I'd say. Well, yeah, that's one of you the You didn't sound asleep. <laughs> Sleep well, Matt. Um... <laughs> So his mum and dad are some sort of artists. I, I couldn't really find information online, but I watched a film that you recommended mm -hmm. that his brother made that has interviews with his mum and dad. And his mum is in uh, a studio with paintbrushes mm -hmm. and his dad is in a sort of workshop cutting shit up. So I've, it could be hobbies. It could be yeah. a guess. I don't know what their, their jobs are, but I can tell you that Matt Berninger went to St. Xavier High School in Cincinnati uh, which is, it has his own page of uh, alumni, which is, is on there. you know what? It is a long list of blue names, but there were none, no right. names that I recognized. It was all businessmen. Right. 
head of Xerox communications and stuff that I've never heard of. And then there was a lot of American football players, which, okay. you know, but it was, a, it is a private posh school and you can tell they're a bit posh because uh, as when he was growing up, Neil Armstrong was a family friend. Yeah. I found that out this morning on the mm. train. That blew my mind. But I think that's, it was something that he was like, his uncle was his doctor or something like that. It's not like, it's not like they were pals with all the astronauts. No, but sure. But for your uncle to be Neil Armstrong's doctors, you you know what I mean? That's not happening in, yeah. in in certain parts of the world. With respect to us, we're so far from Neil Armstrong. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're closer than we think. We're close to Neil McFarlane. <laughs> hey, Friend Neil. Of the show. Yes, in the production box. But uh, have you ever been to space? No. no. <laughs> okay, worth a shot. Um, yeah, Neil Armstrong taught Matt Berninger how to play pool. Yeah, that's so fucking cool, isn't it? It is. Before he knew that he'd been to the moon. That sounds like a national lyric. Mm. Being taught to play pool by the first man on the moon. <laughs> um, he went to uni, and that is where he met the Devendorfs. So they're like a they're a, a band of brothers. There's yes. the Dresners. Is it Dresners? Aaron and Bryce Dresner. Dresner and on there's guitar, and then there's Scott and Brian, who are the rhythm section, bass and drums. Yes, and, then and they're Matt. twins, are they? Uh, Bryce and Aaron are twins. Brian and Scott aren't. Yes. Matt is has a brother who made that documentary with him, but he, he's not in the band. That documentary was fantastic. It's brilliant, isn't it? I was. I rewatched it last night. I really didn't expect what it was. Uh, it's not about the band. Like you could not care about the national, and you could really enjoy that documentary. It's yeah. It's about his brother, or about brothers in general, about sibling relationships. A bit uh, touching, I think. So basically, they bring Matt's brother Tom along on tour to be a roadie, but as well to make a documentary about the band. And his brother is... To be fair to the guy, he's a dipshit. He's hysterical. Yeah, he's really, really funny. He's like this Homer Simpson type character. I kept thinking, there's, there's an episode of Simpson where Homer has a long lost brother or something. Yeah. And it's exactly the same dynamic. He's a schlubby version of uh, Yeah. Matt. And and he just keeps getting everything wrong. <laughs> and I'm trying to blag it. Yeah, and he's just so like obviously the 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 showbiz world like every now and then you bring someone you might have like a family member or something and you've got to watch them interact with other showbiz people and you go oh god they're getting it wrong and but he is ultimately get like totally getting it wrong he keeps getting pissed and fucking stuff Werner up. Herzog couldn't get into their gig because that is he'd fucked up the uh, my the favorite guest bit list. So of, the whole pod, <laughs> of the whole film is him he's lost the guest list and he and he's going well who's who's out there he's like well Werner Herzog and the cast of Lost <laughs> they can't get in Matt's just looking at me like, what the fuck are you doing I wanted to go and see the national as they were playing in my city and I was told I would be put on the door. But uh, unfortunately, when I got there, I was stuck with Jack from Lost. And so I missed the support act and I, I couldn't buy any merch. I am... Um, do you know what? I actually... That was good. I enjoyed that. Thanks very much. Yeah, that's my impression of Werner Herzog not being able to get into a national gig. <laughs> I was worried uh, that you might not know who Werner Herzog is. Oh, no effects, yeah. but you are... Yeah. No offense, but you are a dumb bitch. When it comes uh, to movies. When so it comes to movies. What's uh, the script available on all good? Is that coming podcasts? back? We keep saying it is, but we've not got time. Okay, right. So... We hope so. Maybe sometime. You're on an indefinite hiatus. Yeah, which is what a lot of cool bands do, isn't it? Like yeah, yeah, that's, that's cool. I think but, of this is like a cool band. So I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised you knew who Werner Herzog... Yeah. Uh, was enough for me to do a two-minute impression of him. Uh, so that's a great bit. I think I've written some other great yeah, bits Mistaken of that. for Strangers, it's called the documentary. And uh, 
Heartily yeah. recommend it. So yeah, it starts off as a documentary about the national. It ends up being a documentary about the two brothers' relationships and kind of about uh, the about Tom overcoming his own, uh, let's see, goofiness to actually make a good film. Yeah, um, and also just living in his brother's shadow. And- oh, there's there's a few bits that I actually teared up at. One is yeah. where he's talking about. He goes, my brother is a rock star and that fucking sucks. And you're like, you can imagine like yeah. living in the shadow of your own brother like that. And it just, and he's a good. He's like a taller, handsome version as well. He's like, he looks yeah. very similar, but he's got a worse hairline. He's in worse shape. Yeah. He's, you know, nothing's coming off for him. He's trying to be creative and it's not working. It's and so he, funny when he shows the band one of the films he's made. Yeah. And it's like this sort of weird alien slasher movie. Kind of, yeah, horror kind of horrorcore like and it's just loads of and the, the the i think it's aaron is watching it looking so confused yeah um the other bit i thought was really emotional is when he just looks at the camera tom and he just says i just want to make something good and i'm like man I'm, we're working on our fringe shows at the moment and fuck that hit hard <laughs> yeah that hits different when it's uh, <laughs> when it's me and a fringe here and I thought uh, I, this is where I first uh, sort of picked up on the drinking aspect of it as well. This uh, this record was made, uh, you know, somewhat sort of experimenting with sobriety. Mm-hmm. But I, I picked up on so Tom is obviously a bit of a drinker and gets drunk and he misses Mark the tour bus. You got the allergy. That's right. You got the allergy. Now the only kind of rich coming from him. Well, this is what I think is interesting. So, in terms of re- referencing, like you know, alcoholism as an allergy is something that. I've heard a lot in like recovery circles, right? And that's how some people describe it. It's like you've got an, you're allergic to alcohol, and your reaction to it is once you drink, you can't stop. Um, so I, I have heard that before, but I found it interesting that Matt is basically drinking whenever he's accusing Tom of that. And I found that maybe I'm talking a bit out of turn here, but I found that people who have uncomfortable relationships with their own, sorry, uh, their uncomfortable relationship with their own uh, use of alcohol are often the first to sort of comment about other people's. Yeah, because it's a way of deflecting from them, but also going, well, I may drink a lot, but I'm not like him, you know, and it's a way of making yourself feel yeah. better about it. Because he can sort of hold it together a little more. And also he's a rock star, he's got permission. Mm. If he gets fucked up, does the show it like as part of like, it looks cool, it's part of like the rock lineage. Yeah. There's dipshit brothers just to fucking roll these, might be at work, you know. Yeah, he keeps getting stuff wrong because of it. when he does it. Yeah. So I found it interesting then to see that Matt had mm, tried sobriety for a bit for this album. Uh, and whether or not that had a, you know effect on the music coming out because this album is a bit more. I mean, it's hard to say that a national record is more low key than another, but it is. No, it is because I think, and I don't know if you've read many reviews for this album. A couple. But they're kind of all over the place. Yeah. Like you know, the enemy gave it like ten out of ten. I think Variety or something like that it was like it wasn't like rated, but it was like fucking scathing. Yeah. Like I've seen everything. Have you seen Fantano's review of it? Yeah. Where he just pretends to be asleep yeah, yeah. for 10 Fine. minutes. Yeah. Which was quite funny, so but also well, melon, a bit dickish. Also, yeah, kind of self-indulgent. Because <laughs> he was never going to like it because he's hated all the recent stuff they've done anyway. But anyway. Uh, yeah, like I think they've been accused of that, of like um, being like national by numbers on this record. Mm. Or um, I, I, I do think there's more, more of an element of truth to it now than there has been with their previous releases of like, they are kind of starting to fall into the trap now of, being what people have unfairly in the past said they were. Mm-hmm. And I think it's down to like, well, the, the production is like solo key on a lot of these songs. Yep. And I think like, uh, I always get them mixed up. I think it's Aaron that's been doing all the work with like Taylor Swift and everything. Yep, Aaron Dresden produced uh, Ever, Ever Long. 
Evermore. Evermore. Evermore by Foo Fighters was him. Yeah. I, get, <laughs> I yeah. get confused because Bren, Brennan Reese had three <laughs> shows Edge, with the word has. ever in front of. So it's Evermore, Evermore, and then ever or something else. And Everton. Everton. <laughs> No wonder they're fucking getting relegated. We've <laughs> got a comedian. Taylor uh, Swift should get Sean Dyche in. That's a separate point. <laughs> get Sean Dyche in to the end of the season. Big Sam like his, on decks. <laughs> his production ticks, I think, are getting a lot more kind of noticeable now. Yep. And like it's all going in this one direction. It's all very pretty and very layered, but low key and mellow. And it's, like this album sounds a lot like the other stuff he was doing for Taylor Swift. So do you think they're maybe a bit of a victim of their own success then in that the, the longer and more the stuff they create like this, the more people are like, well, that's just like the old thing, you know? Yeah, but it's got so, I just think, you know, like High Violet had a certain sound and then Trouble Find Me and Sleep Well Beast and they were all interesting in their own ways. But this to me sounds too close to like the work that he was doing with Taylor Swift. It was like, oh, is this what it's going to be now forever? Really? I don't know, it's all starting to remind me of stuff from the very recent past. Yep. Like there's a couple of songs on it, like the the sort of twinkly piano on like um, Your Mind Is Not Your Friend, I think it is. Where it's mm. like, that kind of just sounds like Light Years or XL Vilify. Like it's like, I don't know, it just feels like they've kind of done better versions of a lot of this already. It got um, it got quite bon for me at points. The when... I never ever got into bon iver. Well, I I I get that. When, whenever someone says that to me, I'm like, yeah, I, you know. I it shocks me that I'm not into Bon Iver, though. Do you know what I mean? But it's kind of two Bon Iver's. There's falsetto Bon Iver and then there's uh, baritone Bon Iver. And I think they give off very different sounds. And this is a baritone Bon Iver a- album, especially the song with Taylor Swift. I mean, Bon Iver's done a couple with I Taylor don't Swift. Like that song at all. It's, it really sticks out. I mean, Phoebe Bridges on a national album makes total sense. Uh, yeah. And she's, you know, flavor of the month as well. So, I mean, that almost feels a little bit cynical. Um, Sophia and Stevens, same. The, the Taylor thing is like... It sticks out. It's right in the middle of the album. Who's this for? Yeah. I don't really know what their agenda is with it. Like, You I, like to think it's not cynical and they're just excited to have this new friend that they collaborate with, but... And I did. I, I listened that that Taylor album that that Dresden produced. I I think is is good. I, I enjoyed listening to it at the time, and and it was you know well received. Uh, but but the vice versa. I saw somewhere in a review put it is this. Uh, it's the National Taylor's version. Um, yeah. Which, which which yeah the the because uh, on the on the Phoebe ones and Sophie and Stevens they're providing backing vocals essentially. Yep. Whereas that's like a duet. Like she's baked into that song. Yeah. They've Arguably, voices, they've all they're lucky to have their names on it, apart from her. But I could do without it personally. The the, the voices don't really complement each they other really that don't. well either. There's there's, there's it's like a dad and his daughter at like a wedding or something. Yes, and it feels like uh there's the the chemistry there is really off. Yeah, which you don't really notice until you listen to a ba- like when you listen to a good duet, you don't really. Well, I, I can't say I've noticed the, the the vocal chemistry between two people that often before. But then when you listen to one that's off, you're like, oh, it doesn't work. Yeah, it really takes me out of the album, I think. Yeah. Uh, I kind of felt like it made me want to listen to Sleep Well Beast again. And I felt like if you're going to make an album like this, then <clears throat> Sleep Well Beast, it feels like that's what you're trying to make. Yeah. Did you like the I'm Easy to Find, the previous album? I liked a couple songs it's on it. It's kind of baggy, isn't it? Yeah. That, that felt a bit bloated and, and this feels like a sort of continuation of that. It was interesting with, in I'm Easy to Find, they had four or five female backing singers throughout as a recurring motif throughout almost all the songs. And it yep. felt like this really cohesive thing that 
I'm like you, I really like four or five of those songs, but then there's ones that are just they really boring and do nothing for me. Yeah. But at least it was like it felt of a piece and it felt interesting. Where this feels like I don't know, attempt at something that's not quite got the same. Yeah, and you wonder if effect. maybe this was like you know, obviously having a year uh, of writer's block is that's a stressful situation, and I kind of wonder if when they started to get stuff out, if that was if that affected the eventual you know, I haven't written anything any like when I when we came back after not gigging for a year. Your first gigs, you know, if you, you watch them back now, you'd probably be like, rough. I'm not going to put that out, yeah. you know. Um, so I wonder if that is is part of it uh, as well. Um, I've got some. Uh, so so the sad dads thing. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yes, I'm wearing my BBC Six Music uh, dad's hat. Uh, I am a unofficial sad dad. I'm sad. You're a doggy dad. I am a doggy dad for sure. Uh, <laughs> and you're a you're a dad uh, doggy. Um, what does that mean? I just mean mean like you're a bad a bad dog. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Listen, it doesn't need to make sense. Not every ref needs to be watertight. <laughs> you are filling in for Chris quite well. I mean, you knew who Werner Herzog was. You're making me feel uncomfortable about the words that I say. It's good stuff. <laughs> Uh, so that I was speaking to um, David of Monkey Barrel, the 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 big David Blease, friend of the show, the big the big uh, the big dog, the big dad doggy. Yes, the big doggy dad uh, of Monkey Barrel. He's a huge national head, mm-hmm. and when people say sad dads, I kind of feel like it's, of David. Well, I don't. It, it doesn't strike me as particularly More sad, man. Dad, David. But uh, <laughs> but that over of dude, you know, it's like big national fans. You sort of. Um, I used to call them um, like uh, park run dads. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know what you mean. Uh, <laughs> you know, they go cycling with Lycron. Absolutely, in like a group on a Sunday morning, and then they all go to like some sort of. They, they go Three to a, Bishop Finger. Was was that beer Bishop's Finger or something? In the yeah, park? yeah, or, or, real ale. What's the um? What's that German beer that's uh that's got a running club? Anyway, that 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 sort of thing. Um, there is definitely a, a vibe to the uh, fandom of the national, and then themselves. It's be- more the fa- having been to loads of the gigs, and, and and you know, I know I know loads of girls that like the national. Though. Mm-hmm. They're not as like that is like a trope, but I think it's more because the actual band look like that. Whereas I'd say the fan base is more eclectic than you might give them credit. Yeah, okay. The, but the, the, yeah, as you say, the national definitely themselves. I, I, I get it though, because it is like this. I mean, it's just ennui, isn't it? It's just this frustrated at being alive music. Yeah. And it really, like, it, it feels the longer they make music, the less bangers you get. Yeah, this is my probably my main criticism of this. By the way, I'd, I don't want to spoil the surprise, but, um, you know, I'd, I don't dislike this album as much as it sounds like we're just coating it off now. I just yep. have nuanced, kind of mm-hmm. complicated feelings about it. But. The lyricism in this one is so much more direct than in the past. And I think all the best stuff is like, you know, like it's rich with metaphors and like fun turns of phrase. And like, even though they were for a long time, they were called, you know, sad boy music or whatever, like so much of they did have funny lyrics and like witty lyrics that would take you out of it and like playful. There's just a set, there's a lot lack of playfulness with this record that really bogs it down, I think. They are um, lots of unapologetically poetic in in all their lyrics and yeah this one is not it, do, it does miss that sort of yeah it's sad but being sad is sometimes funny yeah 
Yeah. You know, I mean, life is a fucking nightmare, but it's also funny. And you, do you know what I mean? There's, there's more to it than it's yeah. like, you know, that Hans Molman uh, in the Simpsons was like, <laughs> what's that you want? He's like, give me the biggest seed belly you, 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 you can get. No, that's too big. You know, that's why I'm like with this. Like, give me the saddest music. No, this is too sad, actually. I'd like a few gags in. See, I, I mean, I haven't ever seen uh, someone on Pitchfork compare a record to a Hans Molman <laughs> philosophy. So eat shit, you guys. <laughs> Um, the fuck do they know? So I, I was looking. I was looking back at some old uh, national tracks that I loved, uh, that I've found over the years. I mean, it was only really Sleep Well Beast that I got into them, but since then, there's loads of, of their older songs that I've liked and remembered, including Blood Buzz Ohio, banger. one of their absolute bangers. I think that's so one of the Ohio ones. Ohio that... and a swarm of bees. What's not to like? About? <laughs> uh, and that's where I found this what week's. YouTube comment of the week. Lovely. I tried to look. I found it quite hard to get deranged comments for the national. It's, it's all just people have been like, um, my wife left me and my brother died and I was going to kill myself. But listen, then I didn't because of this song. That's all YouTube comments. Yeah. Uh, there is not a band that I've not found that thing for. Some have them more than other. The national, there was a lot of, yes, um, my father left when I was 11 years old and uh, now I live in a basement. And this is the only song I've heard ever. Um, but this is from Run for Fun 12, which I didn't pick up on, but Park uh, Dad. Park Run Dad 10 years ago said, I just had a dream where I was singing this song out loud and Win Butler started walking with me and singing. <laughs> we went to a public bathroom, like at a football game. And he screamed, I steal all money to the money to the money I owe, while accidentally walking into the woman's bathroom, full of people staring at him. And that's it. So that's good stuff. Uh, Wim Butler. Years later, when Butler was kind of out as a bit of a creep. So Absolutely. Maybe Wim that Butler guy knew something that. I mean, he foresaw. I love the example there of uh, it was a public bathroom, like at a football game. Yeah. When I'm trying to only... describe public bathrooms, football games is my immediate shot as well. Uh, yeah, it's difficult finding YouTube comments. I took a couple of screenshots, but they're not amazing. Well, that's okay. We got. Uh, let's hear them. This just made me laugh. This isn't deranged. This is one of the new ones that someone didn't like. It's amazing that out of all of these band members, everyone thought this song was a good idea. <laughs> That's very cutting. Which, do you know which song that was about? Uh, I think it was Eucalyptus. Okay, right. Which I do like. Mm -hmm. Here's one that I just that thought was funny. This is from Carrot on the Run, 6412, on the run again. <laughs> National fans are running from something. The dark thoughts. <clears throat> I'm a pro drummer. Personally, whoever this dude is, my personal top 15 ever. Nothing necessarily difficult, just absolutely brilliant, this entire album. I put it in the Paul Cook category on Bullocks. Every beat was perfection to each song. I cannot do that. Through one tune. Sort of like, of course Malsteam could outplay Page. Who you rather listen to, though? Wow. That is like real wanker at a party corner. In your I'm room. actually a pro drummer. <laughs> Um, and I, I know how to drum, and that guy, he knows how to drum. Yeah, the thing is, though, there's a lot you of drum... You can smell the B.O. off that comment. There, there's a lot of drum machine on the album, though, from the sound of it. Yeah, I'm guessing that was from a previous record, maybe. Right, okay. I was I was just wondering if this actual drummer had just complimented an electronic drum machine. That's one thing about the album that sticks out as well, is this, this use of drum machine. When they've got... I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but it feels like... There's a, a electronic drum beat over a lot of these songs. 
So the electronic thing sort of came in with Sleep Well Beast. There was quite a lot of electronic drums on that. Yeah. I just think Brian, he's a brilliant drummer. Top 15 for me. I mean, <laughs> Mouse Team, whoever the fuck that is, is good, but you know, whatever. Um, but I've seen him compared to like, he's very precise as a drummer. And like, I think sometimes when he plays, it sounds like an electronic drum right, set. Right, okay. It's not, but I think he, because I think, I've not really listened to it, but he does, uh, you know, music of his own name as well. Mm. And uh, I think he's really interested in electronics and stuff, so... Sometimes people are like, why do they not let fucking Brian rock out as if he's not making the choices? Do you know what I mean? I think he, I think it's a mix on this album. But you get different types of drummers, don't you? You get, you get the, the wild, the wild guys, and then yeah. you get the, the math rock dudes. Yeah. I think he's more of a math rock precise. Yeah. He's more of a fringe act than a club drummer. <laughs> no, it'd be the other way around. But I right? do agree that like, I wish I'd like to hear like, I know they're like 50 now or whatever, but like, you can still rock out. Like it's never going to be pure cock rock again, but. They are older than you. Th than I thought actually. Put a bit of pussy into it, lads. Come on, <laughs> for once. That's all we ever want, boys. It's just a bit more puss. <laughs> they they started. I mean, I guess this is the sad dad things. They did start late. They, the, the national didn't start until they were in their thirties. I yeah. love hearing that. Yeah. As a man who's thirty three, to think I could still start a band. Yeah. Should we start a band? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We, we've got one music musician between me, you, and Neil. Yeah. Neil's a multi instrumentalist. So. <laughs> You're doing everything, bro. <laughs> Uh, you could the, sing as Werner Herzog. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, we, we're called Herzog at the merch stand. Um, as do you have that in a large? I could wear an extra large, but it might be too baggy. Uh, that's the sort of thing he might say. I think that's kind of fundamental to their like lasting appeal is because they sort of, you know, they're in that meet me in the bathroom era kind of uh, yeah. New York scene, but they weren't cool. Like, well, they would have been a bit older than well, the other exactly. guys. So everyone else well. is like coked up rich 20 year olds. Yeah. They're like 30. They've, they're all like graphic designers or they work in advertising and stuff. They've got quite yeah. white collar jobs. I guess maybe that's why it appeals to this sort of park run dad as well, is because that, that is what they are. That's what they're like. Yeah. yeah that's 15 the sort of thing blue they do. shirts and womanly hands. You're caught climbing up the ladder. <laughs> yes. Um, so they were never cool, which sort of means they're never truly uncool. Yeah, that's that's um, it's the that's a timeless call, isn't it? The yeah. the sort of nerd, they're not nerds, but like, it, it's true of nerd rock as well. In that, the you know your leather jackets and your your big hair that comes and goes. It yeah. always comes back, but the the only constant is just wearing a suit and being a bit weird. Yeah, which is stage presence has changed massively over the years. You watch early early stuff and it's they they look much more uncomfortable. And now it feels like he's really leaned into this, you know, wild man screaming that may also be <laughs> alcoholism. Yeah, well, I think he's come out the other end of that though because in that documentary, Mistaken for Strangers, that's around that era where like if you play you know play Mister November and you like go through the whole audience and he's gonna yeah. shit and he's smashing wine bottles and whereas I'm gonna see them at the Hydro in September and I fear they might bore. They arse off me. It, it'd be I feel like they've gone, they've tunneled through that now to just playing the songs again. It'd be terrible to be bored at the Hydra. I know. It seems like such Worst a waste. To be bored. <laughs> Did you see them at Connect Festival? No, uh, Connect is the music festival that happens during the Edinburgh Fringe. So the last night of the Fringe. And my show was clashed. I clashed with a national. The Clashnal. Clashed with a Nash. And well done it. you ran like three o'clock or something, so I think you'd go after. Yeah. How was it? It was good, but there wasn't any of that. He wasn't like going mental and going through the audience and stuff. Although in the promotion for this new record, they were talking about how, I think they were touring, you know, so when that gig was, I think it was kind of like big depression, writers brought vibes around that time. I think they weren't. Oh, that would time, time up perfectly with this. Yeah, you saw you saw Matt during this period. Yeah, and it was like a passable show. It was perfectly fine, but yep. I've not really got any lasting memories from it. 
Yeah, I mean, I saw them at the Usher Hall, which yeah, is a was perfect. Yeah. That was, I felt that like a, I love, I mean, it's a really beautiful venue. I've seen some amazing gigs Lovely in there. venue for their music as well. Yeah, yeah. It really matched the, uh, it was the, the, the atmosphere was just, just about right. And the gig was brilliant. Mr. November is, uh, yeah, obviously you named your friend show after that. Did you know that song was about John Kerry? Yeah, I've always tried to be the John Kerry of Scottish comedy. <laughs> Again, and this is sort of the thing that's disappointing about them, that they are just like, oh, they're just like centrist lib dads. You know, they, they did this song for Obama's. Brand, the, yeah, they played yeah. this, uh, they met Obama and they supported John Kerry, they backed Hillary Clinton and then they kind of went a bit quiet about it. Do you want them to be Trump guys? Is that what you want, bro? Yes. Yes, I Make do want that. Make music sex dad again. But yeah. <laughs> 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 Not all riffs are all the time. That's all I can say. Uh, I mean, look, they're, they're, they're just not, they're, they're all, they're nice enough dudes and whatever. Every, most people are libs, so you can't hate people for that, but I will, <laughs> I will choose to. Um, what else have I got written on my uh, talking points? Oh, I guess now would be a good time to do this. Apologies in advance uh, for me misremembering lyrics here. <laughs> With two guys reviewing tattoos, we're gonna Google it and search, and then we'll choose if it's tattoo woohoo or tattoo boohoo. We're judging the ink, yeah, that's what we'll do. And our full sleeves or face tat, something or wing back. Chick the design is a battle just fine. Pretentious or dull, a dragon or skull, go the wrong way around. You can decide something that is it tattoo woohoo or tattoo boohoo hoo hoo. Yeah. Hey, I Lovely got, effort. I, I, you know what really I enjoyed about that was there was two bits I got wrong and I felt Christopher wincing listening mm. to it. Uh, he's going to listen back to this and he'll get really annoyed. And that, end it was a, you know, a choice because Matt Berninger often gets lyrics wrong as well. Yeah, okay. It was a tribute. Pretend you've, you've relapsed. <laughs> Why pretend? Get the whiskey. <laughs> Christopher, you missed one episode and I relapsed. Hit the bottle. <laughs> um, so we have a, a, a Matt's tattoo here. Yeah, I wasn't aware of this. So uh, it's a tattoo under his nipple that says, uh, or is it above his nipple? Where is his nipple in this picture? Uh, if it's like a spot the bowl, <laughs> I'm saying there. Nook, can we get a picture of Matt's nipples? No, it's a joke. <laughs> um, so it's, it's actually in a very similar style to my chest tattoo. It's the same oh, sort yeah. of font writing. I don't know about that one either. That, this one, uh, this says Kimo Sabe. Yeah. I got it when I was on MDMA in Thailand. Uh, and Matt may have Maybe done something yeah. similar here. It says Martha Jane. So the Martha of the Martha Jane tattoo is uh, Martha from the Tom Waits song, Martha. And the Jane from Martha Jane is from, uh, it's the Jane from Famous Blue Raincoat by Leonard Cohen. Mm. Uh, so I listened to both those songs earlier. Martha, you can definitely, it sounds like a national song. Mm -hmm. And you can well, see. Well, they're two of his big inspirations, those two. Yeah, yeah. So um, so what what do you what do you think of this, Stuart? Is this a tattoo woohoo or a tattoo boohoo from YooHoo? Gun to the head, I would say boohoo. Yeah, it's kind of lame, isn't it? Yeah. I like the idea and the, the idea of getting two different names from two of your favorite artists, favorite songs and squishing them together. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Uh, but the actual execution, the font and the placement below the nip, according to your nipple spotting skills, yeah. uh, for me... Which is second to none, by the way. <laughs> that's why you're here. 
When Chris said he couldn't make it, I said, I know which nipple spotting freak I want to come in and, and fill in. Uh, so that's going to be a, a, a boohoo for me as well. That's the only tat um, that... They don't, they're not cool enough for tats, was my thinking. Well, exactly. This kind of speaks to the the sort of dadness of the band that when they were, you know, doing the New York scene, all the kids getting tattoos were all in the early 20s or whatever, and yeah. these guys are in their 30s. They're kind of past all that. The national at the back of the uh, yeah, CBGB's gone. You know, you'll regret it when you're older. <laughs> you know, you've got that forever, don't you? <laughs> Um, so uh, that's the only tattoo we've got. However, as a guest, we do a live tattoo woohoo, tattoo boohoo of YooHoo too. Oh, is that right? Uh, yes, yeah. we've, we've we shared uh, so crystals, a uh, wonderful cherry tattoo, and uh, who else is? Uh, um, I think we spoke about uh, Mary Lane didn't have tattoos. Anyway, you do have some tattoos. Normally, tattoos. it's me and Chris to discuss them. So this is just going to be me telling you what I think of you your tattoos, which seems a bit uh, weird. Well, the f- funny thing about this to me is I remember I got them both during the fringe last year, yes. and I saw you both that day and asked you both individually. And you know, we can all change our minds, or whatever. But <laughs> at the time. You called one of them a woohoo, one of them a boohoo. Did I really? As did Chris, but it was the other way around. <laughs> okay, well, which don't is tell why me which podcast works. Don't tell. Yeah, exactly. So don't tell me which ones uh, I woohooed and which ones are boohooed. The camera. Uh, yes. Okay. So this. I've somehow got sunburnt, by the way. Well, uh, so it's I mean, thirteen degrees. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, being Scottish, that could be from a fridge. I would have moisturised if I remembered that this was a feature. <laughs> I have some so, moisturizer in my bag. So your first tattoo is a sort of line drawing tattoo. It says R McP uh, on a ring. Uh, if I if I'm correct, you're remembering this is your grandfather's ring. Yes, uh, inherited my granddad's ring and lost it in yeah. like three months because I'm a dip shit. Yeah, okay. so I got it tattooed on me. A lot of people think it looks like a dog bull. Uh, Which is also fine. Yes, it does actually. Now he you was say. a dirty doggy, my granddad as well. <laughs> I'm from a long line of them. Dirty dog. You dog. That's the thing, isn't it? People say yeah, yeah. he's a dog. Yeah, that's what I meant yeah. when I said that. I just didn't say it at the time because I wasn't thinking. So I, I think I would have woohooed this. I can't imagine me boohooing your, your dead grandfather's ring. That doesn't seem very on Listen, brand for me. Chris would if he was here for a bit. Uh, yes, absolutely. But he's not here, so fuck him. <laughs> fuck that guy. Um, so that, that would have worked. And the other one is porridge. Of my arm, I've got a bowl of porridge. Did, did I boohoo the porridge? I can't remember now. I, I think, I think, no, I think you were like, that's class. Yeah. And I think Chris was like, I wouldn't have got that. Yeah, okay. Well, I showed Chris a, a, a tattoo idea for myself recently that I've, uh-huh. I'm getting done. Uh-huh. And he just went, mm, no. You know, so he's got some shaters as he's well. Just a, <laughs> he's just that sort of guy. Listen, what I've is your been, idea? Oh, I have to show you. It's an artist who's like, it's this big abstract pieces that I can't really describe. So I'll have to show you okay. what I'm getting done. But, uh, but I mean, the listeners will, and viewers, will have to wait until it's actually done, which it will be by the end of July, I think. Uh, big fan of the porridge. Uh, first off, I think it's cool to get a, a food tattooed. I've yeah. got a pizza tattoo. Yeah. Uh, but secondly, I've recently been porridge peeled, and oh my God, yeah. what a game changer. I can't eat porridge. Oh, so that is weird that you have a porridge tattoo, you can't eat it. Yeah. Why do you have a porridge tattoo then? Well, it's kind of sentimental. It's about my gran and stuff. Oh, I can't remember what I get into. Oh, but okay. it also just thought it would okay. cool. And this is the thing as well about if you get a sentimental tattoo is that people ask you, why have you got that? And then I you... was naive when I got my tattoos. It didn't occur to me that you're going to spend the rest of your life fucking telling people. Having to explain it. Boring. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, pizza tattoo is pretty self-explanatory. Mm. I like it's pizza. Class, yeah. I remember when I was getting vaccinated... Um, sorry for, for all, sorry for, for all the uh, anti-vax fans. I've just disappointed. <laughs> but when I was getting vaccinated, I rolled up my arm, uh, and I was the needle was going into the pizza tattoo, and the nurse went, well, "Why have you got a pizza tattoo?" And I said, 
I like pizza. And she went, oh. And that was the end of our whole conversation. <laughs> and I came away going, I don't know if she vaccinated me or not. Yeah. This guy doesn't deserve saving. I thought she was going to do a bit like cheese injection or something. A <laughs> little bit of fun. You should be a nurse. I'd love to be a nurse. Great bedside manner. In a much more real way, I'd hate to be a nurse. Ch- cheese injection. Um, Respect okay. to the nurses out there. So uh, let's have a quick uh, run through of some of the tracks on this album. And if there's anything like stand out uh, in particular that we want to talk about. We've not really mentioned anything we like yet. Do you like any of it? Yeah, I do. There are songs that I like on it. I like the song Eucalyptus, which someone yep, else said was, like was it. dreadful. It's a, it's a sort of to and fro. It's sang just by Matt, but it's a sort of to and fro between a couple taking stuff out of an apartment after they've broken up. So they go, what about the coffee maker? Yeah. What about the picture over there? And they say at one point, what about the Afghan wigs? Which mm-hmm. is a reference the to the, the band, the Afghan wigs, the drummer of which taught the drummer of the national how to play drums. Is that right? And has he been to the moon? Uh, I don't know if he's been to the moon or not, uh, but yeah, I like that song. It's uh, that's they're always get- referencing other bands, and yeah. albums and stuff. Why? It's like more and more. I think that's cool. Yeah, you don't like it? Yeah, it's cool. I suppose. I don't know. I, just, <laughs> I feel like I've heard it. You know what I mean? He's done it so many times. <laughs> okay, yeah. It's like you know, like, there are like, loads of authors who sort of drop little literary references into older works, and I think it's it's like a for me. It, I'm the sort of person who if I had never heard of the Afghan wigs mm. would then go and seek out the music. But I, I, I always found bands by finding out who the bands I liked, yeah, favorite bands were. So that's how I got into like the, you know, the Smiths as a young man and Joy Division and further back to the Velvet Underground. And uh-huh. recently, I mean, I remember spending you, sending you the uh, Scott, Scott, um, oh my, Scott Walker. Walker stuff because yeah. it's Arctic Monkeys. And, and, you know, I think it's a great way to find stuff. So when I hear them say, what about the Afghan wigs? My dad bought me an Afghan wigs record. Really? So there you go. There you go. Yeah. Super cool points right there. I was also going to say, to me, I think the National are like the Smiths for millennials. Wow. That, that's, that's a burning that, hot take. That's hot for me. Wow. Because the that's, that's so hot. My eyes, my eyes have just <laughs> melted. My, my brain is melting out of my ears right now and uh, forming a sort of small really? brain puddle. And I'm not saying I disagree with it. I'm just okay. saying it's All a right, fucking fine. smoking hot take. The, the National are the, the, the Smiths from Millennials. Um, I mean, uh, where they hit the right notes is, or, or for that take, is they are a sad band, sure. But I think they're sometimes unfairly pigeonholed as a sad band when they've actually got a lot of funny, witty lyrics a la the Smiths. Sure, yeah, and and so in that respect, yes, but they're also hugely popular. They are very, yeah, but I mean, loads of things are popular. Panini stickers are popular. They're not like the Smiths. I've got them. <laughs> well, maybe they are like the Smiths, <laughs> uh, but I don't know. They haven't got quite the uh, enough bangers, all in all, you know, to be. To but reach I think that's that. more about where music is at now, though. Whereas like the Smiths were getting the charts with singles and stuff, whereas like you don't that doesn't happen to rock bands. Well, anymore. so so my hot take would be if you're looking for a millennial Smiths, you're you're better off hitting the Arctic Monkeys. Closer to that in that regard. They're not as sad. But then, you know, um Space Hotel album is pretty sad. Yeah, I don't know. I think I don't think the Arctic Monkeys are sad enough. I think I, I think the Smiths are the Smiths. Okay, fine. So we can't compare, compare anyone to the Smiths. <laughs> no, no, thank you. Because uh, you agree with everything Morrissey says to this day. Yes, including all issues, including the very racist stuff he says. They're my favourite bits. <laughs> but he says it so poetically. I the thing with Morrissey is, if I can just slightly deviate, I know that's not real. 
part of the, this podcast is uh, when I was speaking to someone like about this Morrissey last night and see when Woody Allen got like mega cancelled and people were having that discussion. Like, oh, can you still watch Woody Allen movies? You know, and I just go, just don't watch the films. What you, if like you've that, seen them? That John Mulaney joke from the Spirit Awards hosted by Nick Crow. And they're talking about that and he's like, you know, can we still enjoy it? Can, you know, what about Woody Allen's last 20 unwatchable movies? Yeah. Can we still not watch them? <laughs> but I always found it very easy. I'd never really watched any Woody Allen movies. So yeah. I'm like, whatever. I fucking hated Woody Allen anyway. Yeah. I, well, I'd never really got into him. So it's easy for it's me to not listen like to Chris. him. Yeah. Little dweebs like uh, Chris McCann's boy. Specky dweebs like uh, <laughs> And then when Morrissey started being racist, I was like... We have to separate the art <laughs> from the artist because I like dancing to this charming man. Yeah, the songs are so good. I haven't, uh, well, the way you get around it, well, the way I've noticed people get around it is that I actually listen for Johnny Marr. More it's of a, the jangly guitar of the time. I'm more of a Johnny Marr man myself. And he goes, shut the fuck up. I've seen Johnny Marr live and he's great. I'm a fan. He's not the Smiths. Yeah. Yeah, and neither... a picture with Jack Grealish the other day, though, on Instagram, I saw. Oh, really? Morrissey's not Oh, Thunder Thighs himself. <laughs> um, I like the song New Order T-shirt. Again, that's reference to a band. Love that song. Yes. yes. Um, and I didn't... I don't know if you find this with their music, and I think it comes back to being kind of nuanced and sophisticated, but they always grow on me, and it's rare now where it's like, that's a banger straight away. I didn't care for that song at all when I first heard it in your other t-shirt, but now yeah. I love it. It's one of the, the highlights. Um, actually, co-host Christopher McCarthy Boy did tweet a very funny picture of a Hideo Kojima in a New Order t-shirt where he oh, said, yeah. this is what the Nationals New Order t-shirt is about. The Hideo Kojima, do you know who Hideo Kojima is? He was the director of Metal Gear Solid oh, yeah, franchise. Guy. Yeah. And uh, he tweeted a picture of himself wearing a New Order shirt and the New Order was had like the sort of uh, LGBT plus rainbow flag. And then under it, he had clarified... This does have a rainbow flag, but I am not gay. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, Chris was Chris is doing a funny music joke, which I thought we should share on the pod, yeah, considering that is uh, the, it's mo. Uh, so I like that song, uh, and I the the only thing that I like about the the Taylor song was uh, when the it ends. <laughs> Is good. There's one or two lyrics I liked it when she sings uh, "Teach Me How to Forget You" and and that that I think that, it's too vague. I don't. It's almost like a boy band song, where, you know, where it's like you project yourself onto this. There's like nothing to cling to in that song. I don't think. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it felt it, it did feel out of place. Um, despite that, I mean, I've written in in capital letters "Why?" question <laughs> mark. Uh, and uh, tr Tropic Morning News is is one of the songs that's getting a lot of, of play. I, I, I love I, that one. I do like it, but I do just get, I mean, it feels like every album from like a aging rock band now has a song about scrolling the internet or, uh, you know, Twitter or, It's you about know. your friend and mine, men's mental health. <laughs> <laughs> We've all got it. Well, we're a men's Even mental the health podcast. Got men's mental health. We're actually we're sponsored by by by, <laughs> uh, by men's mental health. And uh, listen, hey, it's like the catchiest one, though. I think, right? Yeah, look, it's a good song. It's a good song. It's just a subject matter already feels a bit, uh, you know, pastiche. It's a hard thing to write about in a non-cringe way. The internet. Yes, uh, but apparently it was the first song that they wrote that brought him out of not brought him out of, but but post writer's block and depression. Was this was the first thing that he wrote with uh, his wife, who is the who was the fiction editor of the New Yorker, uh, Karen Besser, who's been a collaborator for a while, but I'm never quite sure to what degree 
Like, is it a bit like when your girlfriend says something stupid and you're like, can I have that? <laughs> I wouldn't possibly know what you're referring to. Uh, no, but generally my wife has helped with fringe shows before. Like she watches my previews and, and provides feedback from, I mean, that's something that I obviously do with you and one or two other people as well. And it, it uh, so I understand when, if it's a bit gray like that, I wouldn't exactly call my wife a collaborator, but she has certainly watched stuff before and gone, oh, this made sense or this didn't, or maybe this order or, yeah. or given me callbacks. So I can imagine if you are in a relationship with someone creative who is a writer, then getting the occasional lyric from them would mm -hmm. make sense. And then if you do listen as a collaborator, they'll probably get paid. She's been listed a few times as a collaborator. Yeah. And he's got yeah. loads of songs about her, Karen, and he spells it different ways and stuff to try and hide it. But you know, Karen at the liquor store and Karen off of Alligator. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't have a girlfriend, so I go on first dates and I show them French previews <laughs> and I try and get some notes. <laughs> Gotta get something out of this. Right, we're gonna go bowling and then we're gonna go back to mine and I'm gonna open my MacBook. Um you're gonna watch this. It was filmed on my Pixel, so the audio is quite bad, but yeah, you'll get the new idea. Bit about alarm clocks just hitting the way I want. You know when you when you watch a movie with someone and you've watched the film and they haven't, and you're sort of half watching, watching them. them and you can see their reaction. Yeah, it's way, way better when it's a fringe preview. Yeah, I've got my uh, wardrobe is like old mirrors, like the and I have been in situations where I'm watching something with someone and I'm just watching them watch it in the mirror <laughs> to make sure they're laughing at all the right points. It's terrible when they start looking at their phone at a part that is like thematically important. It's boring, but hang on. I feel like I'm having a conversation with someone who hasn't got a podcast about how they know nothing about films. So mm -hmm. I, I feel like... I'm showing them like YouTube videos though. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Funny YouTube videos. <laughs> Man falls We're in the pond. through the favourites. He's, he's fallen in the pond and you've missed yeah. it. You've got him on dry land. What use is that to <laughs> Right. Um, we're uh, wrapping things up. What, what, do, did you enjoy an album? Yeah, but it's complicated. Like I like it, but I agree with a lot of the detracting uh, detractors and the poor reviews like I do think fundamentally there's I, I like it but there's there's no real songs in this barring maybe Tropic Morning News that would displace any of my top even like 40 national songs probably. wow wow okay that's a lot and like, I just feel like they've done better versions of like this you know if the slow one isn't as good as Pink Rabbits and the opener isn't as good as Nobody Else Will Be There mm -hmm. and you know the fast one isn't as good as Blood Buzz Ohio or it's just I'm glad that they're back and I'm you know I hope that they'll continue to put out more great albums, but like they are old men now and maybe they're going to become a legacy band and you're like, you've just got to stick with what you've got kind of thing. Yeah. Interesting. So do you kind of, I mean, we, we did Metallica the other week, Christopher's uh, all time fave band, and he went and bought the record on release day, despite having heard of it and it not being him, not really loving the album. Is that where you are kind of, did you, did you, did you buy the record? No, I was gonna. And then I thought better of it. I thought. I can spend 25 quid in a better way than yeah. this med album. You pro wow, okay. Yeah, so you're, you're... But you are going to see them regardless still. Yeah. But then they'll still play the hits. They could probably disappoint me another 10 times in a row live and I'll still go. How bad would an album have to be before you stopped, you know, before you didn't listen on release day, I guess? Pretty because bad. These are like one of my top... Like, I love these guys. And know. I would say that this album, whilst it doesn't hit the heights of other national albums, they're pretty high heights. Yeah. Like this I would was, be a lot of bands' best records still. Yeah, exactly. And I think you... Yeah, they're almost, like you said earlier, like victims of their own success in a way. But as I was listening on the train here, I was like giving the song scores just, I don't know, to help me think about it. And 
They're actually quite high. Do you know what I mean? I think it's front loaded. There's not much on the second half that really grabs me. Mm-hmm. I think the last song is shit. Yep. See, when I listened to this first time, I was cooking and then I wasn't paying much attention. And then a song came out. I was like, here we go. This is fucking great. And then I looked and it was Spotify Radio and it moved on to it. It was, it was Interpol. <laughs> Rosemary. Um, yeah, I, 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 the duets feel a bit forced. Or, or not even duets, backing vocals, guest appearances. The the I don't really know why they're there. The only one that kind of makes sense to me is Phoebe Bridges, just thematically in her own music. Sufjan Stevens, I also do kind of get in that sense, but he it doesn't. He's not there for long enough for it to be really no. doing anything. The Taylor one sticks out as a particularly bad moment in the national's history. The overall album, it just is lacking that hook yeah or, and i don't just mean a hook in terms of like a banger something that you sing along to but w- what is this album about what's it for what why is it why is it being made other than oh i've got to have writer's block yeah, okay that's how it feels, well maybe you should go back there mm. <laughs> uh <laughs> no don't don't do that because you were depressed so uh listen i i enjoyed listening to the album in that i always really enjoy listening to the national uh, but I won't rush to be... I mean, I probably will still listen to a few songs in this album, actually. But uh, it, as I say, it won't be interrupting my other top 20 like, national songs or anything. There's, there's, no. there's way more songs I would listen to before this. Even some of the slow, sad ones. I need my girl. That's great. But Love you know, that. In, that, in that song, even, you know, there's a lyric about, you know when you lost your shit and you drove your car into the garden and you go yeah. and apologize to the vines and no one saw you like, where's that? To quote Alan Partridge, where's that guy gone? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That is, that's what we want. That's great. That's nowhere on this album. Yeah. Yeah. That's a funny lyric as well because it's so evocative of like just a silly, stupid, drunken argument of some yeah. sort. And you immediately, you hear it and you are placed in a world where something like that is happening. And there isn't anything like that here. That's like fun to think about. There's nothing fun about this album really, which is the problem. It feels like it's served a purpose for them. They're at the right at the back of the road, the functioning band again, but like it felt a little bit like homework in places to listen to this this week. And that is the real benefit of this podcast in that it turns music you love into (laughs) work. A tireless slog. Absolutely. Last two years of discovering music for me has been a waking nightmare. So every week we put on two songs from the playlist onto the Evergreen and Jordan album playlist. And we also put on two songs inspired by our conversations about that. So which song from this album would you like to put on the playlist? Stuart. Um, I'll choose Tropic Morning News. Fair enough. It's my favourite song on the album. That makes sense. I'll put on New Order T-shirt. I would have put on Eucalyptus, but I think New Order T-shirt is just a bit more interesting. Yeah. Than than, than that. Um, I just want to tip my cap. To, uh, uh, maybe I've already said this. There's two songs in this album that are just listing shit he doesn't need in his flat. Yeah. <laughs> that's fucking unacceptable. And he has recently moved as well. I think yeah. so. Maybe that's. <laughs> Get it together, man. <laughs> it's just got like first. First fringe preview vibes this album, doesn't it? Uh, Stuff yeah. that won't end up being in the show. <laughs> the weird bits, like the, yeah. the guests and everything, that's like multimedia or stuff that yeah. eventually gets cut because it's too much yeah. fucking hassle. Uh, yeah, Taylor Swift is the uh, is the projector. <laughs> the tech that doesn't work during the, the middle of the show. you got to win them back. Um, and which uh, second song, uh, maybe something we've mentioned throughout or, or not, um, it's, it's up to you. Would you like to put on? Um, who have we spoke about? New Order, The Smiths. 
Yes. Everyone that guessed. Or, or I album. mean, it can be any any national song, anything produced by the Dresners, anything remotely related. Okay. I mean, if you're Christopher, it just has to be a general a vibe. Yeah, a song a, that has a word that you've heard once. <laughs> um, we didn't speak about this, but are you familiar with LV, his side project? Uh, I'm familiar. I haven't heard uh, any of the stuff, but I'm aware of it. I like that. My sister got me that record from Britain. I like it. It's kind of like, I hadn't really bothered with it at the time, but it's fun. And it sounds like him having fun, which is really nice to listen to, having heard him not having so fun. So this is Matt Berninger's solo project? Uh, one, he's with another guy. I can't remember the other guy's name. Right, LV, okay. and they had an album called Return to the Moon, I think it's called. Whether that's about Neil Armstrong or not, I don't know. Or the Arctic Monkeys. Could be. So I'm either going to choose that or I might choose my favourite New Order song. Which is? Age of Consent. Uh, so which one are you going to choose? Uh, no, I'll, I'll choose... Um, oh fuck, I forgot what the LV song's called. I always enjoy. So I'll just go with New Order. There you Age go. Oh, problem, uh, problem solved. Um, that's good. Two good choices. I'm going to choose uh, a song by Complete Mountain Almanac. Have you heard of these guys? No. So the... Uh, Need a Friend, that's what the song's called. So which one are you going with? Age of Consent. <laughs> so um, the Davendorfs um, have a, a third sister. Oh no, I've got that wrong. Sorry, it's the Desners. So they're two brothers and they have a sister uh, who is a folk musician. And the three of them with another set of brothers made a folk album earlier this year called Complete Mountain Almanac. And each song is uh, named after a month of the year. And it is a very soft, gentle, sort of maybe, you could say, fall, early falls-ish without right. the... Yeah. Um, they were playing last night, falls. Yes, everything was happening in Glasgow yeah. last night. Uh, and they've got, yeah, the album's, the album's good. It's nice. And the first song's called February. And uh, it's it's really nice. So in January? The, uh, sorry, no, not the first song. The song that I have chosen. Oh. The best song. I reckon the second song was called February. <laughs> yeah. different. Is it done in that order? Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> uh, so uh, that's, yeah, Complete Mountain Al Al Almanac. February is my choice. Uh, that brings us to the end of the episode. Stuart, Wonderful. Thank, thank you so much for coming in co-hosting. You've been you've been fantastic. Thank you so much. Uh, it's nice to get to talk shit. What, one day we hopefully, well, all three of us will get into uh, the studio at one time. Um, but we're very happy to have you as the emergency co-host extraordinaire. Thank you. Um, and uh, we might as well, well, I say we might as well, we might as well plug your stuff uh, <laughs> whilst, well. whilst you're here. So uh, as I mentioned earlier, co-host of the Some Laugh pod. Uh, if you, um, I imagine if you're watching this, you're aware of the Some Laugh podcast. If you're not, go check You've it out. living under a bloody rock. <laughs> what are you doing, you fucking fool? <laughs> uh, but also your friend show is on sale at Monkey Barrel directly before mine. Yes, come see the two of us. Back you to can back, do baby. the fucking cool boys double. Uh, the sad boys double. Uh, Stuart is... Maybe I'll come in and be your Taylor Swift in the middle of the studio. Yes, please do. do I'll... I'll do the worst part of your own. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have, in a respect, sort of replicated the Swift-Dresner relationship. We're collaborating. Absolutely. We're sort of uh, helping direct each other's shows somewhat. Yeah. I don't know if that's too much behind the curtain to reveal, but fuck it, it's done now. Uh, so you're at We're six... pals, we get on. We... <laughs> Not just on 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 pod. Uh, Neil is uh, looks like he's going to cry because we're overrunning so much. So, uh, you, you sure it's at six o'clock? Quarter to six, five forty. Quarter to six. Don't arrive at six. No. you will be late. Yeah, uh, you won't get in. It's too late. I've got a strict no late comers policy What's your this policy? year. No late comers. Really? Strict. That is strict. <laughs> zero zero tolerance. Absolutely. Not only do we get turned away, but I've told the staff to give you a little slap on the ass as you leave. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
I don't you, know what mine is. I usually give him five minutes, but it does annoy me really a lot. What's your uh, show called? It's called Love That For Me. Love That For Me by Stuart McPherson. Dead name, Hollywood Summer. On the Edinburgh Festival. You can get Stewie McP on Twitter at... Stuart McP. Boom. And Instagram at... Stuart McPherson underscore. Let's oh, catch you. God. It. it needs to be the same across all things. I know. Come on. Come on, Stuart. <laughs> Fundamentally, I don't care enough. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good attitude to have, I think. <laughs> Thank you so much uh, for listening, downloading, streaming. If you are watching on YouTube, please give it a little like and what a little comment. It helps boost us with the algorithm and we're trying we're to grow. Bob's Burgers. Uh, well, we can quickly. They were on no, Bob's. it's too They late. were on Bob's Burgers. They were on Bob's Burgers. They were on Game of Thrones. They were on Portal 2. Mm. Um, they're on all sorts of things uh, but hey maybe next time we'll get into that thank you so much enjoy your week bye thank you bye